Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series on the Book of Romans with part one of this message entitled, The Purpose of Redemption. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor B.G. Matthew. Let us pray, Heavenly Father. We believe that you are sovereign over all creation. You are Lord of history. You are Lord of everything that is happening in this world. The birds fly in your will and they fall in your will. And Lord, as I preach in the energy of the Spirit, I pray that everyone may profit. May the word of God enable them to repent, to trust in Jesus Christ alone for one's eternal salvation. Save people from their sins. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to speak to you about the purpose of redemption. God and sinners are incompatible. And God doesn't change. And he will change us to be holy. To be godly. That is his eternal purpose and he will achieve it. Recently I came to understand churches are rated like movies. I heard Pastor John MacArthur speaking about R-rated churches. Some churches in this country are given R-rating. An R-rated church is a church where the preachers preaches human words to please human beings for an economic interest. But friends, for your information, Grace Valley has a G rating. We are G rated means gospel rated. We proclaim not man's word, God's word for God's glory and for eternal human happiness. There is no other way. It is the way of the word which is the way of salvation. You have heard of pop culture. It means popular culture. Culture of the vast majority of people. Many churches in this country can be called pop churches. Pop churches reflect popular culture. And I experience pressure every day in my life. Pushing me to become conformed to the culture of the world. And the spirit of God enables me to oppose this drift into moral evil. I oppose pop culture and pop church. Because Jesus Christ said. What is popular among men 
is an abomination in God's sight. G-rated Christianity is not popular. It is soon going to be looked upon as hate speech in pragmatic pagan America. But don't be afraid. Here we are committed to declare and practice biblical Christianity that glorifies God and makes you happy. So the first point, the purpose of redemption. What then is the purpose, aim, goal of the incarnation and atonement of Jesus Christ? Which Paul spoke to us in Romans 8 verse 3. What's the purpose of redemption? Is it to promote an antinomian and unholy Christianity? A love that doesn't distinguish truth and lie. Righteousness and wickedness. A love that embraces all things. That is what popular Christianity teaches. Now that Jesus Christ died for your sins. You can believe in him without repentance. And continue to live. The same old sinful life. They say salvation is by grace from first to last. This is to mean salvation has nothing to do. With how we live. If one believes in Jesus. One can be saved from hell. Once and for all. And live the good life of great pleasure. Here and now. No sacrifice. No change is required of you. You can believe in Jesus as your savior. You heard about that. You need not believe in him as Lord and King. You can be a carnal Christian and not be a spiritual Christian. If thief can continue as a thief. A liar can continue as a liar. An adulterer can continue as an adulterer. A drunkard can continue as a drunkard. No matter your salvation is assured. Because you believed in Jesus. The more one sins, I said before, the more he needs grace. The more grace means more glory to God. So the pop churches teach. Let us sin more that grace may abound to God's glory. Such R-rated gospel is not only popular here, but with American money it is popularized throughout the world. As I travel around the world, I hear about it. Paul says, what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God having sent his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, And to deal with sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Hina. In order that 
For the purpose that. Verse 4 Romans 8. Not that we continue to live a sinful life. That's not the purpose of incarnation and atonement. But in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. In our lives. Who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. The purpose of God's condemning our sin in the flesh of Jesus Christ. The purpose of atonement. The purpose I say of justification. Is sanctification. That we who are justified by the obedience of the one man Jesus Christ. In our behalf may from now on live a holy life. Remember what Jesus told the woman who had committed adultery. Neither do I condemn you. That means you are justified in view of my forthcoming sacrifice in your behalf. You are justified even as David whose sin was justified. But that is not all he told her. He also told her go, go and from now on stop sinning. From now on. Where there is justification. There has to be sanctification. These two cannot be separated. Justification means friends. We are not under law. We are not under the wrath of God. We are not under the thumb of sin and death and Satan. But we are under grace. We are under the Lord Jesus Christ. We are under the word of God. Justification means we have been set free from sin's mastery. From sin's bondage. And at the same time enslaved to Christ. To righteousness. We died to sin and to law. That we may be married. We may be united. We may be joined to Jesus Christ. For the purpose that we bring forth fruit of obedience to God. That we stop serving sin but serve God from now on. In the newness of the Holy Spirit. So Romans 8.4 is speaking of sanctification. As was Romans 8, 2, which said the law of the spirit of life has set me, freed me from the law of sin and death. Professor John Murray spoke about this verse. And he says it is by the indwelling and direction of the Holy Spirit. That the ordinance of the law comes to its fulfillment in the believer. Professor Leon Morris speaks. Notice that Paul does not say we fulfill the law's righteous requirement. But rather the righteous requirement of the law is fulfilled in us. Surely pointing to the work of the Holy Spirit in the believer. That is the justified Christian, friends, lives a holy life 
in the power and direction of the Holy Spirit who lives in him. Professor Hendrickson speaks in this manner, the purpose and result of Christ's work of redemption was that his people, by means of the operation of the Spirit in their hearts and lives, should strive, are striving to fulfill the law's righteous requirement. Out of gratitude for and in response to the outpouring of God's love, they now love God and their neighbor. Professor F. F. Bruce says, law prescribed a life of holiness, but it was powerless to produce it in our life. All that the law required by way of conformity to the will of God is now realized in the lives of those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit and are released from their servitude to the old order. God's commands have become God's enablements. Dr. John Stott says holiness is the ultimate purpose of incarnation and atonement. Our friend Dr. John Frame says, and God saves us so that we may keep the law. And he also says, but the gracious work of the Spirit enables us to keep the righteous requirements of the law. So the Bible says, be holy because I am holy. Children of the Heavenly Father are holy children because children are like the Father. They bear the lineaments of the father. They look like the father. If you don't look like the father, there is a question mark about who your father is. And Jesus Christ said, your father is the devil. He was a liar and a murderer from the beginning. If you are sinning and delighting in your sin, God is not your father. The devil is your father. Rest assured. Call upon the name of the Lord that you may be saved by the heavenly father and will reflect his character and his holiness in your life. In justification, Christ's righteousness is put into our account, imputed to us. In sanctification, this righteousness is imparted to us. That is, by the Spirit we live out a righteous life. That is, we are being transformed and we are being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. As we read in Romans 8 and verse 29. Friends, listen to this. God justifies the ungodly to make him godly. Not to keep him ungodly forever. An ungodly Christian is an unsaved pagan. God in Christ condemned our sin on the cross. He dealt with sin's guilt and punishment. As well as its power. Its sovereign power. 
Before sin was king. No more. Grace is king. Christ is king. We are kings who receive the abundance of God's grace. And we can say no to sin and ungodliness and yes to God's law. God in Christ condemned our sin on the cross. So justified believers live a holy life. Fulfilling the requirements of the law. The Bible says he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become righteousness of God. Jesus Christ is not divided. We read in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30, it is because of God the Father that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom of God that is our righteousness, our sanctification, our redemption, all our full salvation in Jesus Christ. And when we are united with him, we experience the fullness of salvation. We could say justification, sanctification, and glorification. In Jesus Christ, we are not only justified. We are being sanctified and will be glorified. Professor Douglas Moo says, Christ becomes what we are so that we might become what Christ is. So friends... Holiness is not optional for us. It is prerequisite to our eschatological salvation. So the writer to the Hebrews said, Without holiness, no one shall see God. No one. And Jesus said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Jesus said, your righteousness must exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees and Sadducees. So the aim, the purpose, the goal of God's condemning our sin in his son on the cross is that by the spirit of holiness that we live a holy life before God who is holy. Dr. Boyce makes the following four important biblical truths. First, holiness is justification's goal. Number two, holiness consists in fulfilling the law's just demands. Number three, holiness is the work of the Holy Spirit. Romans 1.4 says spirit of holiness. Friends, let me tell you what, if you are saved, that is regenerated. If you have experienced this great miracle of resurrection from the dead. If you sin and you may sin. But the Holy Spirit is grieving in you and you will grieve too. You will never be happy in sinning. If you are happy in sinning, 
without any feeling of some pain. That should indicate you are a pagan. A professing to be Christian. Claiming to be one but you are not a Christian. Number four, holiness is mandatory. So we read the righteous requirement of the law. Todikaioma tunomu. What is the righteous requirement of the law? The law we learned is holy, is righteous, is good, is spiritual, spirit given. The law's demands are just and spiritual. And the Holy Spirit brings about the fulfillment of that which is spiritual that is God's law in our life. He will never teach you to disobey the spiritual spirit given law. It speaks of the will of God. Have you seen that the New Testament quotes the Ten Commandments in several places? It's a disappointment for you. Children, honor your parents, and so on. The law was weak because of our sin nature. Christ condemned it and defeated sin. It is no longer king to defeat the law of God. Dr. Gaudet, he says, what the law condemns was condemned in Christ. That henceforth, through his spirit, the law might be fully carried out in us. This was true of the Old Testament saints. There is no difference between Old Testament saints and New Testament saints. And you read in Luke 1 verse 6 about Zechariah and Elizabeth, both of them were upright, that is righteous, in the sight of God, observing all the righteous requirements of the law. And regulations blamelessly. And it was true of the Gentile believers in the New Testament times. So Romans 2 verse 26. If those who are not circumcised keep the law's requirements. Dikaiomata. The same word that we see here. The righteous requirements. If those who are not circumcised keep the law's requirements, will they not be regarded as though they were circumcised? Referring to believing Gentiles. The adulterous woman was to go and what? Sin no more. Ephesians 4.28, he who has been stealing must steal no longer. He comes to church, he got saved, he stops stealing. The moment you are saved, you are enabled to fulfill the righteous requirements of the law. Not that you steal less and less and less. Stop stealing! He who has been stealing must no longer steal. But must work doing something useful with his own hands that he may have something to share with those in need. And what about those who are drunkards? Ephesians 5.18, do not get drunk on wine. 
That was your former life. It's done with. It's over with. It's finished. But be being filled with the Spirit. And turn with me to Romans 6 and verse 4. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death. In order that there is the purpose. That just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father. We may live a new life. Look at verse 6 and 7. For we know that our old self was crucified with him. So that the body of sin might be done away with. That we should what sir? No longer serve sin. Because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Romans 6. Look at verse 17. But thanks be to God. That though you what? Used to be slaves to sin. No more. You wholeheartedly obeyed the form of teaching to which you were entrusted. You have been set free from sin. And have become what sir? Slaves to righteousness. And look at verse 22. But now you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God. The fruit you reap leads to holiness and the result eternal life. Or turn to chapter 7 and verse 4. So my brothers, you also died to the law through the body of Christ. That you might belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead in order that. That's the purpose, sir. In order that we might bear fruit to God. We've been made, we were bad trees, but now God made us good trees to bear good fruit. And look at 7, 6. But now by dying to what once bound us, we have been released from the law so that we serve in the new way of spirit. In the newness of the spirit, we serve God. The gospel calls us to the obedience of faith. And you read that in chapter 1 verse 5. Through him and for his name's sake we received grace and apostleship. What's the purpose? To call people from among all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith. And we already heard in chapter 6 verse 17... They obeyed from the heart the form of teaching to which they've been entrusted. And look at Romans 15 verse 18. So that we understand if you are saved what you ought to do. And you ought to obey God. Look at verse 18 of chapter 15. I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me. In leading the Gentiles to what sir? To obey God by what I have said and done. Leading the Gentiles to obey God. Chapter 16 and verse 19. Everyone has heard about your what sir? Your wickedness, your obedience. 
and verse 26 but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God so that all nations might believe and obey him to the only wise God be glory forever through Jesus Christ amen friends let's read further Acts chapter 5 verse 32 We are witnesses of these things and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who come on sir obey him Holy Spirit is not given to us so that we can do wickedness if you profess to be a Christian if Holy Spirit indwells you and the Holy Spirit is given to you who obey him obey him sir Hebrews 5 8 and 9 although he was a son he learned obedience from what he suffered and once made perfect he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him we are Americans we have money we are big people and we should be exempted from holy life it's not true. It is R-rated. It is popular Christianity. It is sewer that is being pumped out to all parts of the world by our mighty dollar. First Peter 2 and verse 24, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, purpose, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds we are healed. First Peter 4 and verse 2. As a result he does not live the rest of his earthly life for evil human desires. But rather for the will of God. That is the law of God. Law of God is the will of God. Second Corinthians 5.15 And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and was raised again. First John 3 verse 22 speaking about prayer life of a believer and receive from him anything we ask. Because we obey his command and do what pleases him. First Corinthians seven nineteen. Circumcision is nothing, and uncircumcision is nothing. Keeping God's command is what counts on the last day. Titus. To 11 through 14, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. What is grace teaching? We use grace for sinning. What is grace teaching? It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age, not in heaven, here and now. While we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager, zealous, burning to do what is good, that is the law of God.
1 Thessalonians 4, 3 and 4 and 7, it is God's will that you should be sanctified. That you should avoid sexual immorality. That each of you should learn what is said to control his body in a way that is holy and honorable. And it is a fruit of the spirit self-control. When the Holy Spirit controls you, you will have self-control and you say no to sin and yes to the law of God. 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 7, for God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. This holy life is the new covenant life. Have you heard of new covenant? Jeremiah said, Ezekiel said, new covenant life. The law is no longer external to us. It is not that the law is abandoned and abrogated. The law was external, but in the new covenant, the law is written in our hearts, in our new nature. The nature of the regenerate Christians. The law is written. The law is written in his heart. So his desire and passion and want. Is to do the law. Jesus said his food. Is to do the will of God. And to finish it. And that will be our saying to my food. Is to do the will of God. And to finish it. His delight is in the law of the Lord. We read in the Old Testament. He's given divine nature in Jesus Christ. In this new nature, he loves the divine will and do it. So we read in Jeremiah 31 verse 33. Listen to this. This is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. The people of God always thinking about God's law and eager to do God's law. I'll be their God and they'll be my people. Covenant life. Or Ezekiel eleven nineteen through 20, I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I will remove from them their heart of stone, that stubbornness, that rebellion, that enmity toward God is taken out. And give them a heart of flesh. Then they will follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. They'll be my people and I'll be their God. Or Ezekiel 36, 25 and 27, I will sprinkle clean water on you. That is the gospel, the word of God. And you'll be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you what is a new heart. I'll put a new spirit in in you. I will remove from your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Oh, what supernatural spiritual surgery. Heart surgery. And I will put my Holy Spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my love. Friends, not only are we regenerate, we have Holy Spirit indwells in us. Yes, 
Sin still dwells in us. But that is not all. Infinite Holy Spirit, who is our resident boss, dwells in us and he wages a war against the flesh and he wins every time. Heavenly Father, we pray. Change our hearts. Cleanse our hearts. Give us your spirit. Put your Holy Spirit in our hearts. Take away the stony heart from us. Move us to do the will of God. Help us, O Lord, to delight in your law. And to do your holy law. Because a happy Christian is a holy Christian. Lord, the pleasures of sin for a season deceives us. But thank you. You have a plan for our supreme happiness. And that is by serving you. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to Grace and Glory Audio, a part one of this message entitled, The Purpose of Redemption. Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew. 